It is time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and online with our mobile app. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us Friday afternoon, last Friday before Christmas. Less than a week away and baseball less than 100 days away from opening up the 2019 season. All right, top story, Josh Gordon. An absolute steal for the New England Patriots this year. They got him from Cleveland for a fifth-round draft pick. Josh Gordon has immense talent. But off the field, things aren't bright and rosy. It's been a very troubled career for Josh Gordon, very troubled life. Let's go back and look at what Josh Gordon has done since becoming an NFL player. 2013, he led the league in receiving yards. He did it while playing only 14 games for Cleveland. And I say only, that's almost a full season, but he still had more receiving yards than anybody else in the league despite missing two games. Next season, he was suspended twice. He missed a total of 11 games because of those two suspensions. 2015 and 2016 did not play because he violated the NFL substance abuse policy. He was reinstated, however, on November 1st of 2017, and he played five games for Cleveland. Then in July of this year, he missed part of the Browns training camp dealing with mental health issues. He was traded to New England on September 17th of this year. And yesterday he announced that he was departing from football, stepping away indefinitely to focus on mental health. This comes amidst rumors that there was going to be another suspension imposed on him. That Gordon had failed a drug test and that he was going to be suspended by the National Football League again. So he takes time to step away from football for the rest of this season, maybe forever. Now, we all know what mental health disorders can do to people, but very few are able to talk about it, confront it publicly. And I don't doubt that there's something going on with Josh Gordon. I wish him all the best. Prayers up for him. I hope that he gets things figured out. Football career aside, I hope he gets his life on track and everything works out for him. I don't think he has a future in the NFL. I don't think he'll ever play another down which I hate because he is one of the most talented guys that will never reach his prime, his full potential. We got to see glimpses of him over the past five years. We got to see little bits and pieces of who Josh Gordon could have been. And I don't think that potential will ever be achieved on the field. So Josh Gordon is stepping away from football. During this time, I'm hoping he gets help. He talks to someone. So many people, especially men, don't want to talk about mental health issues. They feel ashamed. They feel like it makes them less of a man. It's not true. And Josh Gordon needs to seek help for himself. This is not a unique issue for players in the National Football League. And I'm not talking about CTE, brain injuries, concussion issues, what have you. There are plenty of players who reluctantly have become vocal about their struggles with their own mental health. Players like Brandon Marshall, Larry Johnson, Clinton Portis, Brandon Brooks. I'm hoping that they can find a way to form a coalition. They can support each other, almost like a support group for pro athletes. The issues that Josh Gordon is facing are in no way unique or specific to him. Among his peers in the National Football League, Players that are either active or retired. Mental health issues are not unique, and neither are substance abuse issues. 
Unfortunately, Gordon suffers from both of them simultaneously. So we're going to learn a lot about the NFL in the upcoming months. We're going to learn how far they'll go to help players struggling with mental health. I'm talking about going beyond my cause, my cleat, something like that. I'm talking about what initiatives will the NFL take toward helping those who suffer, whether it's from mental health issues or substance abuse issues. Whatever it is, I want to see the NFL take initiatives because I guarantee this is way deeper than Josh Gordon. You take a 53-man locker room, would it be fair to say maybe 20 of those guys suffer or have suffered with mental health? How many are living in silence? We're going to learn a lot about Commissioner Roger Goodell and NFL executives by how they handle this situation. We've learned a lot about them with domestic violence cases. We've learned a lot about the NFL regarding player safety. That is probably the biggest initiative right now that the NFL is trying to tackle is player safety. Why don't they bring the same effort and energy into launching initiatives against mental health issues, substance abuse issues, domestic violence issues? Is it simply so that they can keep guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on the field the faces of their franchises, even the faces of the league? What if, I hate to say this, but what if this was Tom Brady who announced he was stepping away from football? If that was Tom Brady who announced it yesterday that he was stepping away from football to focus on mental health because he's struggling with his own demons, how quickly would the NFL launch a new initiative? Because Tom Brady is more valuable to them than Josh Gordon is. As far as the domestic abuse issue goes, I'd like to think the Kareem Hunt situation will change how the NFL goes about doing their business regarding domestic violence, that they will take a firm stand against it. Because right now, I don't know that we know what their position is. Kareem Hunt and Ray Rice are out of the league, but Joe Mixon is still playing. And let's be honest, Kareem Hunt's going to play in the NFL again. He'll probably have a four- to six-game suspension and be back next season. The NFL needs to draw a clear line. We're going to learn a lot about them by how they handle this mental health initiative. Because I guarantee you, if this were Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers that were stepping away, and they were leaving football indefinitely, the NFL would do whatever it took to get them back, to get them playing again, because those are two guys they can't afford to lose. Look how they're changing the rules of football, how the game is being played because of injuries to those two within the last decade. Those two players specifically have changed the rulebook. What's happened to them have changed the way that football is played in the NFL. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady did what Josh Gordon did yesterday. Then things might actually change. Then the NFL might launch its own initiatives to dealing with mental health issues. And maybe they will. Maybe they have something in mind. Maybe they're going to do the right thing and step forward and be active on this. But do we trust them to do it? I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
But have they given us much reason to do so? What I want to see happen is the NFL take this moment, show that it cares about its players, not just their performance, but the players as men, and that they launch an initiative to fight mental health issues, substance abuse issues, things that Josh Gordon is dealing with right now, that players have dealt with for years, and that future players are going to continue to deal with. Because these issues are in no way unique to Josh Gordon. It's the right thing to do. There's a lot I would change about the NFL. If I were Roger Goodell, if I were commissioner, there's a lot I would do differently, I can tell you that. Josh Gordon, in addition to stepping away from the NFL yesterday, it was announced last night that the NFL put him on the commissioner's suspended list indefinitely. So even if Josh Gordon was stepping away from football, I want to be clear on that, even if he was stepping away from football out of his own free will, then he would not be invited to play in the NFL until he can apply for reinstatement in a year or two. And who knows if that's going to happen. And that's a two-parter. Who knows if, for one, he's ever going to reapply, if he's ever going to feel that he's in a place where he can play in the NFL again, or if the NFL will grant his reinstatement because he's had four suspensions since 2013. Now, Josh Gordon, a lot of people are going on him. They're making a joke out of him on Twitter that it's an ultimatum between, do you want to play football? Do you want to use your God-given talent and make billions of dollars? Or do you want to smoke a bowl? You know, and it's not as simple as that. He deals with a real mental disorder. He has anxiety disorder. It is a disorder. It's a medical issue. And I don't think people understand the gravity of that statement. What he has is a feeling of perpetual unease, nervousness, compulsions. And the only way he feels that he's able to relax and escape is by using marijuana or a foreign substance. I'm not saying that's right, that he has an excuse to do that. But it's not as simple as he's making dumb choices. He just doesn't learn his lessons. He's got something wrong with him. It's one thing to be able to admit it, and it's another to be able to seek help. So that's what I'm hoping he does here. He talks to guys who have fought the battle, guys like Randy Gregory. He had to go away for four months just to learn how to deal with his anxiety. He went to mental rehab. Not rehab where you're trying to get over drugs or alcohol. No, this is learning how to relax. Learning how to give yourself peace. Learning how to be at ease with yourself. It's a whole different animal. It's not as simple as Josh Gordon just getting a little smarter. Just having a little more willpower. Not condoning what he did. There are a lot better ways to be able to deal with it. But that takes a pretty strong man. As sad as it is to say got to be pretty tough to be able to deal with it in a healthy way, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people see it as alcohol or marijuana, drugs, what have you. Maybe even things that aren't illegal. People have bad methods of coping that are destructive or harmful to themselves or others. Josh Gordon's a sick man. He's not a stupid man. I almost wonder how much how much of that pressure comes from the game itself? How much pressure, and nobody else is putting it on him, he puts on himself because he has high expectations for himself. He sets the bar 
high for himself and takes pride in what he does. How much pressure does he put on himself to perform well in a National League football game? We all have our own situations like that. We all battle that in some way, shape, or form. We all have something we take pride in doing. I take pride in my work here at the office. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I have high expectations for myself. I know there's other people that expect a lot of me. I want to give you the best product I can because I care about your listenership. I care about the job that I do. People need to realize it's not as simple as having enough willpower or just wising up and realizing that you can't smoke a joint whenever you want. It's about Josh Gordon looking for some kind of escape so he doesn't feel like a perpetual failure. I'm not justifying what he did again. I'm not justifying it. But I understand these things. I understand anxiety disorders and what triggers people. And this is something where Josh Gordon needs to get help. He took the first step. He opened up about it. A lot of men don't do that. But now he needs to seek help. That's a whole different animal in itself. That's a whole different task to tackle. Whatever our stance is on Josh Gordon, we need to offer him our prayers, especially around this holiday season. Give him nothing but support. Do what you can. I don't believe he'll ever play in the NFL again. It's unfortunate from a talent aspect because he may have been one of the greatest to ever play the game. He had raw Hall of Fame talent, and we just never got to see it reach its full potential. Now let's go back to the NFL and what they're doing about this because I still don't think they're doing enough. Yeah, I know they have Operation Total Wellness that they launched in August, but are you really seeing the NFL combat mental health issues like we know they're capable of doing like they combat things like player safety which don't get me wrong is important that needs to happen but is it too much to ask that they do the same thing for mental health look at what some states are doing now with ways to treat injuries illnesses mental or physical it happened in this state the legalization of marijuana. I'm not advocating for it, and I'm not making an argument against it. I'm not coming on here to be political. I'm not here to be divisive. This is a sports radio network, not a political one. So I'm not arguing in favor or against medical marijuana, or any marijuana for that matter. The NFL is okay with painkillers if they're used for medical purposes, but it's not okay with medical marijuana. You ever wonder why that is? Is it because painkillers help keep guys on the field? It keeps the NFL's business running and marijuana detracts from it? If marijuana stimulated player activity and kept them on the field, do you think the NFL would take it out of their substance abuse ban? Again, losing Josh Gordon hurts the game, but not as much as a guy like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. If they lost one of those two, you would see things change really fast. Mental health, if that's what sideline Brady or Rodgers or someone of that caliber, that would be the hot-button issue for the NFL, and they would spend millions in research. And I give them credit for launching the Total Wellness Initiative earlier this fall. But it's not enough. They need to go further with this. They need to be aggressive on it. Put on the full-court press if you're Roger Goodell so that you don't get situations like this to happen again. Let's take a timeout because we're up against a break. We will have news from the hardwood last night and Major League Baseball signings 
That's all next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Dan Hoops for ESPN-UP. Glad that you're with us on this Friday afternoon. Don't forget, Big Skin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. The Sports Pen lives right here. Glad that you're with us. Let's get to basketball. The Pistons in action this evening, 15-14 and 14 record. They visit Charlotte, 15-15. and 15. They get another matchup against... Kemba Walker, averaging 25 points a game to go along with six assists. He matches up against Blake Griffin, 26 points a game, nine boards to go with it. Seems like these two always blow the roof off the stadium wherever they're playing. It's always a good one between these two. Charlotte this season, 11-7 and seven at home. They played a lot of home games. 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Detroit, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're just 5-7 and seven on the road. Pistons need that third score. You know what you're going to get out of Blake. You know what you're going to get out of Andre. But you need that third guy. You need that third guy. And you need him to be good night in and night out. Some nights Reggie Bullock does it. Some nights Reggie Jackson does it. You might even get 20-something point game from Luke Kennard once in a while. But they need to have that third score night in and night out. The offense can't be Blake and Andre combining for about 50 of the team's 100 points or whatever they put up per night. Big one tonight for Milwaukee, taking on the Celtics. Primetime basketball, 8 o'clock tip-off at the Garden in Boston. That's on ESPN-TV, by the way. How about Giannis? 27 points, 13 boards, averaging a double-double. Team is shooting 48% from the field, knocking down 14 threes a game. That's now second-best in the NBA, still the best rebounding team in basketball with 50 but only about 10 of them per game on the offensive end. The Celtics, a couple of weeks ago, were in a bad spot. Then last week, they looked like they were figuring it out. And now they've lost two in a row. Now they're starting to backslide. Boston's 18-12, fifth place in the conference. Milwaukee, by comparison, 21-9. They're in second. You think Milwaukee remembers how Boston bounced them in seven games in the first round of the playoffs last year? Seas have been good away from home. 9-4 and four record, 8-2 and two in their last 10, but again, they've lost two in a row. Right now, the line favors Boston. Boston's favorite in this ballgame. These are two teams that probably should be better in the early going than they have been. And neither of them are bad. Milwaukee's 21-9. That's pretty darn good. But they'll both get a quality win and then lose to somebody they shouldn't. You look at Boston. Last time these two teams met, they beat Milwaukee 117 to 113. But they're coming off a loss to Phoenix. They lost to Detroit on Saturday. Big one for Milwaukee before they take the floor tomorrow night against Miami. Are the Heat ever going to get relevant again? You would think that Miami would be a place where they could go. Pat Riley, Dwayne Wade, he'll probably get an executive job with the team somewhere, a special assistant to the GM or something. They do that in baseball all the time. I'll make some special spot for Dwayne Wade. He'll never leave. Miami put together a super team. They really formed the concept of a super team, having a big three, when they brought LeBron and Chris Bosh to Miami and teamed them up with Wade. Why can't they do that again? All the appeal is there. You're working for a legendary guy in Pat Riley. 
You're playing in a great city. The team isn't bad. There's a few pieces around him. Dwayne Wade will be gone, but Hassan Whiteside is an up-and-comer. There's got to be some appeal to going to Miami to play professional basketball, doesn't there? Why can't Miami do If anything, Miami would be one of the easiest to recruit superstars to. At least you would think. But I think Minnesota has a more talented roster. And how do you recruit guys up to the Twin Cities, but you can't do that in Miami? Don't tell me they don't have the money either. Or the smarts to be able to do it. Let's go to the ice. Let's take a look at NHL action this evening. Buffalo visiting the defending champs in the nation's capital. 7 o'clock puck drop for the Sabres and Washington. Ottawa, meanwhile, is at New Jersey. Also a 7 p.m. puck drop. And then Chicago is at Colorado. That game will start at 9. Philip Grubauer will be in net for Colorado, by the way. How about Chicago? Did they really think they were going to get better by letting Coach Q go? I wonder what Coach Q's thinking right now. I wonder what he was thinking Sunday when reports came out that he was the new coach of the Flyers. Turned out not to be true. Fictitious. Nonsense. But he's got to be good enough to coach somewhere. The new Seattle team's going to be looking for a coach. But he won't be out of work that long. They don't come into the league until 2021. He won't be out of work that long. He shouldn't be out of work that long. A couple of bowl games won, just getting underway. How about the Idaho Potato Bowl? Western Michigan, BYU, who you got in that one? Bahamas Bowl just getting finished up a little bit ago. Florida International taking on Toledo. How about college basketball this evening? This one will get going here in the next top of the hour. Towson taking on Tulane, if anyone's interested. You see Irvine Butler at 6.30, 7 o'clock South Florida taking on Alcorn State. Illinois State is at UCF, UCF in basketball. Navy George Mason, Detroit visiting Denver. Here's the one that should be getting a lot of attention up here. Number 10, Michigan State taking on Oakland, as in the Oakland from Detroit. Battle of Interstate Teams. Oregon's at Baylor. That one could be fun. Eastern Illinois at Iowa State. Robert Morris is at Louisville. By the way, all those games, 7 o'clock, unless mentioned. 7.30, Alabama A&M visiting LaSalle. 8 p.m. tips for Minnesota hosting North Carolina A&T. 24th ranked Furman is at LSU. Furman's still ranked. Come on. And finally, Ole Miss is at Middle Tennessee State. Then, how about this one? 8.30. You've got 20th-ranked Marquette, the Marquette Golden Eagles, as in Wisconsin, taking on undefeated number 14 Buffalo. Nate Oates and his squad, the surprise of the college basketball world. 9 o'clock, Sacramento State at Washington. Northern Arizona's at Utah. Providence visiting Texas. Oklahoma Northwestern, that one could be fun, too. I see that one as a fun matchup. Gonzaga's ranked 8th. They're hosting Denver. 9 o'clock tip-off for Penn State at Alabama. Kind of like to see that football game, Penn State and Alabama. But we're going to see it on the hardwood tonight from Tuscaloosa. 10 o'clock, San Jose State is at Cal. And then 11 p.m., Southern Utah at USC. Slate of college basketball games coming on this evening. Let's go full circle as we approach the bottom of the hour. Let's go back to the NBA. Anthony Davis highly recruited he hasn't even left new orleans yet 
and teams want the brow, including LeBron. When asked if he would like the five-time All-Star to join the Lakers, LeBron said it would be, quote, amazing. Anthony Davis, flattered by it, told ESPN, I don't really care. Obviously, it's cool to hear any other high-caliber players say they want me to play with them. But my job is to turn this team around, and if we're 15 and 17, that means I'm not doing my job. So Davis is locked in with his contract in New Orleans until the 2020 season. In the summer of 2020, he'll be a free agent. So the Pelicans have the cap space to keep Anthony Davis. That's about their only form of leverage. But don't you think Anthony Davis would go to a team like Boston or the Lakers if he had the chance? There's a lot of talk that Boston could buy him out. Boston could bring the brow up to the Beantown. As a Boston fan, I'd love it. I'd love it. Celtics fan, I would take him over Al Horford right now. Horford's got potential, but it hasn't been consistent. You could say that the brow has more potential. I think he does than Horford. Plus, Aaron Baines is out for a month with a broken hand. Another Boston big. What about Austin Rivers? What kind of future does Austin Rivers have in the NBA? Could Austin Rivers be a good fit with the LA Lakers? Now, Rivers was traded for and then let go in less than 24 hours this week. And really, they attempted to trade him, and then that fell through because of confusion on who was being traded. Marshawn Brooks or Dylan Brooks? Like it matters. It didn't really matter. Doesn't really matter in the long run. But doesn't it remind you of a few years ago, how many years ago was it, that there was confusion during the NBA draft where the Nets thought they were getting the Bulls' number two overall pick, or was it the other way around? Either way, it was the Nets and the Bulls involved in a trade at the NBA draft, and one of them thought they were getting the other's number two overall pick. They had two picks in that first round, number two and number 16. They thought they were trading for the number two overall pick. But it turns out they had traded for their number two pick of the first round, so they ended up getting the 16th overall pick in the draft. They thought they were trading for the number two. How about baseball before we go to break? Daniel Murphy has found a new home in Colorado. Two-year, $24 million deal with the Rockies. And then after watching the Angels throw money at Matt Harvey earlier this week, the Nationals decided to one-up them by bringing in Anibal Sanchez. Probably an even less effective pitcher that has been hampered by injuries and what have you. Hoops last night. Boys basketball, Westwood, closed out 2018 with their fifth straight win. They're now 6-1 and one after winning 44-39 against Gwynn. Blake Hewitt with 12 points to lead the way. Nathan Beckman had 10. Westwood 6-1 and one on the season. Best start since the 2005 school year. Good to see the Patriots doing what they're doing, but we're going to learn a lot about them for better, for worse coming up. They will play six of their next seven on the road. They open January up with four road games at Escanaba, Iron Mountain, Ishpeming, and Gladstone. Then they have Iron Mountain at home on January the 24th, and they go to Marquette. It's going to be a tough stretch for the Patriot boys. They're looking good here early on. 
girls as well undefeated as they go into the Christmas break. They do play once over the holiday break. They're home a week from today, taking on Hancock, and then they resume after New Year's against Calumet on the 3rd. You know who else we're learning a lot about? The Duke men's basketball team. I said on the show yesterday, did I not? Madison Square Garden was going to have a highlight, real-worthy matchup. Duke taking on Texas Tech. Red Raiders hadn't lost prior to last night. Duke comes out with a 69-58 win. It went the way Texas Tech wanted it to. Low scoring, a defensive battle. Zion Williamson fouled out. He still got a double-double. But somehow 17 points, 13 rebounds still seems underwhelming to me. He set that bar for himself. Texas Tech, by the way, had almost half their points come from one player, Jarrett Culver. 25 points, 25 of their 58. Duke hands Texas Tech their first loss. They're now 10-1. The Dukies are 11-1. And Duke remains one of the top teams in the land. They're right up there with Kansas, Tennessee, and then the Michigan Wolverines. We're up against another break. We'll take a timeout. More after this coming up on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. Here is your Sports Center update. Rick Pitino has found a new job. The former Louisville head coach is heading to Europe. He is the new head coach of Panathikos, a Greek member of the EuroLeague. Patino is optimistic that he will return to coach in the NBA in the near future. Patino ran one of the most successful, albeit scandalous, programs in college basketball, compiling a record of 416 and 143 at Louisville, which included a national championship in 2013. Meanwhile, the L.A. Chargers get a huge boost as running back Melvin Gordon has been cleared to play for Saturday night's game against Baltimore. The Chargers enter play currently the five seed in the AFC, but can move to the top seed with a win and a Kansas City Chiefs loss. And finally, speaking of the Chiefs, Hunt's Ketchup has its newest spokesman. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes is the new spokesman for Hunt's Ketchup. That is your Sports Center update. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Pen here on ESPN UP. Keep it tuned right here for all the latest news and information headlines. A great guy to have is your spokesman. Mahomes, we know how much he loves ketchup, even puts it on his mac and cheese. I don't think it's that weird, but I put it on my mac- macaroni and cheese. But people seem to think that's a, a weird thing. Some people think that's disgusting, but I mean, it's good to me. <laughs> uh, not really. I do. I have hunts. I do Heinz. I do. I do it all. Uh, my favorite probably is the Whataburger ketchup. Um, that's what te- Texas people would know that. Uh-oh. Did you just hear that? Did we just cost Patrick Mahomes a sponsorship? Incriminating evidence. Take another listen. My favorite probably is the Whataburger ketchup. Um, that's what te- Texas people would know that. My favorite probably is the Whataburger ketchup. Oh, come on, man. New spokesman for Hunts. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes, but come on, man. Come on, man. That's going to get on come on, man. That's got to be. Patrick Mahomes, a new spokesman for Hunts, but his favorite is still the Whataburger ketchup. Well, I tell you what, let's get into bowling a little bit. I love bowling. I haven't done it a long time, but it's a lot of fun. I'm not that great at it. I'm not bad at it either. I'm not a competitive bowler, but I'm okay. And I'll go out and bowl. You, you want to hang out sometime. You call the station. 
you would offer take me out bowling. Do they have a bowling alley up here? There's got to be one somewhere in the UP. Take me out bowling. Let's go hang out, talk sports, what have you. Call in the station. But seriously, Barry Ray, the head coach at Westwood, was kind enough to stop in the studio. We talked a little bit about his team. His boys are undefeated, and they bowl tomorrow. We got to give bowling some more love, especially when those athletes are excelling like they are. So let's play back an interview that I had earlier this week with head bowling coach Barry Ray. Season's in full swing, coach, and your boys are 3-0. and Tell me a little about how things have gone so far. Like you said, it's been going great. They're undefeated. Um, they really stepped up. The boys spent a lot of their summer at the lanes, and that's what it takes, repetition. So it's on them. They put in the time, and now they're getting the rewards for it. You were in action most recently on Saturday. Tell me how that went. Oh, uh, it went great. Uh, we have never beaten Iron Mountain. They're a much bigger school, obviously, so they've got a bigger pool of bowlers to pull from. And so it was nice to go into their house and actually beat them 32-8, to eight, which is a pretty decided victory. How about on the girls' side? Tell me how things are going with them. Um, honestly, two or three of the girls are brand new to the sport. Um, they're just even getting down just the very basics. Um, but what I love about them is they're always there having a good time, laughing, and that's what it's all about, just a good team experience for them. Well, and you got a busy stretch coming up here before the holiday break. Tell me what's on tap for the Westwood bowling teams. Um, well, we're at home uh, this Saturday, so we'd love everybody to come out. We start at 1.30 at River Rock Lanes in uh, Ishwing. Um, the boys bowl against Lance, and the girls have Escanaba, which is going to be a tough meet for them. But I'm hoping that uh, boys can go to 4-0 and the girls can give Escanaba a run. Tell me about some of the teams in your conference, where the powers are going to lie for those who may not know. Um, Menominee always brings a good team. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. Iron Mountain, like I said, that we just beat, um, they're usually in the mix. They we lost the conference to them last year on a tie break, so I think the boys kind of had a little payback in mind when we went down there, and, and they showed up. Coach, what about the makeup of this year's squad? Who are some of those that you will turn to for leadership? Um, for the girls, uh, Melissa Bauer has been there for a while, as, as well as Kaylee Lemire. Um, so they're the kind of the experience on the team, helping, helping the young bowlers out. The boys, uh, we had uh, Stephen Kangas, Braden Vickstrom, and Dylan Junak all make it to states last year. So MLive uh, actually did a little article about us and just said we're kind of like a favorite going in for the championship this year because having three of the five boys actually make singles qualifiers last year. Barry Ray is the head bowling coach at Westwood High School in the studio, giving us a little bit of time to talk about his team. Coach, when you look at your schedule for the rest of this season, anything stand out to you? Any meets that you want the fans maybe to circle that you're really excited about? Um, the last meet of the year, which will be back in February, the last meet of the year is at home, and I'm hoping that all things uh, pointing towards uh, – undefeated season at that point in time so it'll be great to get some fans to come out and that would be a great you know start to getting us ready for regionals and states coach tell me about the support that you get from the administration the athletic department what have you being that you essentially run the westwood bowling department as you don't have any assistance on staff mr balls is a big uh, supporter of us as well as the athletic director 
And then at the bowling alley itself, we've just got a great staff there that um, lets the kids, you know, bowl for free year-round. Um, we got Steve DeBaker, Clay Sandberg are always a big help, as well as Andy. Um, when I, you know, have some special needs, they're always there to help out with equipment or whatever. Coach, did you know when the season started that it had the chance to be something special for your guys, or was it something where you watched your boys bowl and you thought, this really could be a team that could go far? Um, yeah, actually, this is the best team I've ever coached. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, as I said earlier, we had three individuals make states, as well as last year. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected us to do as well as we did because we were primarily a sophomore team with one junior last year and a freshman. And so no one really expected much of us, and we ended up making it all the way to the semifinals last year, one victory away from you know, being able to go bowl for that state title. So I had a really good feeling coming into this year. And then on top of that, I had a couple of boys that really didn't get to bowl much as a varsity team last year that are probably at least 50 pins above average where they were last year. Tell me about the numbers that you have this season. Boys and girls, both of them look pretty good? Um, yeah, we've got a, we've got eight boys out on the team. We know we field five at a time. We've got five girls, so that always makes it tough. Um, but, you know, I want them to have that opportunity. So if they're willing to come out and practice and show up for meets, I'm willing to have a team and coach them. From a coaching standpoint, how do you prepare for a given meet? How do you scout in bowling when you get ready for the Lance boys this weekend and the Escanaba girls, teams like that? How does Barry Ray get ready for a given meet? Right. Um, we don't do a lot of scouting. and We kind of know, you know, you've got the, the conference, so you kind of know who's out there, what grade they're in. Um, what we spend more time on, what I do as a coach anyway, is we have two different formats that we bowl in. One is called a Baker format, where the first bowler bowls frame one and six, second bowler two and seven, etc. Those are called Baker games. And there's a little strategy around that. You want to get you know the, the bowlers in the right order where you believe that they can do the most damage as far as stringing you know, some strikes together and getting some high score there. And it's really important when we go as far as regionals and states. We actually have six of those. So it's really important that they gel together, which they have. So when you play games using the Baker format, how do you discern which player goes? It's almost like putting together a batting order, is it not? What I do personally is I have Kangas, who's a very powerful two-handed bowler, um, very impressive uh, swing, and he's only a sophomore. Uh, so I have him lead off, and I always tell him it's the intimidation factor if he can put that first one in there and, uh, you know, make the other team take notice. And then it's just wherever they're most comfortable. Um, my son, Evan Ray, is the anchor right now. He was last year. He's been doing it for a couple years. So he's used to the pressure. So although he might not have the highest average at any given point, um, he's very good at stepping up and getting three strikes in the 10th frame when it's really important. Well, Coach, awesome start to the year for your guys. Where do you want to see them get better? What areas of the game can they improve on? What are you going to challenge them to get better at as the season progresses? Spares, uh, that's a lot of it, uh, especially when we get to the higher-level competitions and the closer matches. Um, every mark is a lot. And where they've really grown, and I want to continue to see them grow, is a lot of times we bowl in some really tough what they call sport conditions. And sometimes it's just really hard to find the pocket and get a strike, so it's really important to be able to 
not get down about it and then just pick up the spare and move on. Barry Ray is the head bowling coach at Westwood High School. Coach, thanks so much for stopping in. Looking forward to covering your team this year. All the best. We'll have you on again here real soon. Sounds great, Tanner. Thanks. All right, more coming up after this on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Once again, Tanner Hoops in studio with you. Thanks for being with us as we wind you down to the 5 o'clock hour on Friday afternoon, turning into evening. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here as we get into the holiday spirit. I have got three friends of the show with me. We have Rachel Zerby from ABC Marquette, Jake Durant from CBS Marquette, and Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal, also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team. Three friends of the show will be three contestants today on a special episode of Sports Pens Friendly Feud. We have got friends going against each other. None of us are related to our knowledge, plus, you know, copyright issues, what have you. We are going to play some good old-fashioned friendly feud. Going to be a fun way to send us into the holiday break. Now, what will happen? I conducted a survey, and I put questions relating to Upper Peninsula area sports in this survey, and I gave it to a bunch of people I know, and I made sure to diversify by age and by region of the country where they're living. So there's no age bias, and there's no regional bias. So we will have the top five answers from each of those questions on the board. The contestants won't know it. I'll give them the question. They will answer it. And if their answer matches one of the top five in the survey, they get points based on what number in that survey their answer is. Top answer gets 100 points. If they get the second most popular answer, it's 80. Third most gets 60, 40, 20, and so on. If it's not one of the top five answers, they don't get anything. We have three rounds, and the three contestants square off against each other head-to-head-to-head. Special edition of Friendly Feud here on ESPN-UP in the sports pen. Let's get right to it. We are ready to play the feud, Friendly Feud, and Ryan is our first contestant. Top five answers on the board. You've got 30 seconds. We'll go through the first five questions. You ready? Sure. All right. Name a past or present NFL head coach. Uh, Bill Belichick. Name a past or present college football head coach. Nick Saban. Name a past or present NBA player. LeBron James. Name a past or present Detroit Tiger. Uh, oh boy, Miguel Cabrera. Name a past or present Milwaukee Brewer. Oh boy, uh, Paul Molitor. All right, Ryan, we're through the first segment, first round in the books. You hit on all five. All the answers you had were in the top five in our survey. Past or present NFL head coach, you said Bill Belichick. That was the third most popular answer. That's 60 points. You said Nick Saban for past or present college football head coach. Most popular answer, 100 points. You're up to 160. Past or present NBA player, LeBron was number two on the list. You have got 80 to add up to 240. Past or present Detroit Tiger, Miggy was the top answer in our survey. That's 100 points. You're up to 340. Past or present Milwaukee Brewer, you said Paul Molitor. He was fourth on our list. You have 40 points from that. 
Gets you to 380 after round number one. Pretty good round. <laughs> yeah. Off to a good start. Contestant number two ready to get going for Friendly Feud. No families, and I'm sure there's some kind of copyright involved. So, Friendly Feud here on ESPN-UP, final segment before Christmas break. Rachel, five questions here in this first round, and the top five answers are on the board. (laughs) You get 100 points for the top answer, 80 for the second most popular answer, 60, 40, 20, and so on. You ready? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Name a past or present NFL head coach. Andy Reid. Name a past or present college football head coach. Nick Saban. Name a past or present NBA player. Jimmy Butler. Name a past or present Detroit Tiger. Oh, um, Nick Cass- Cassianos, whatever you say his name. A past or present Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, Christian Yelich. All right, Rachel, for... Past or present NFL head coach, you said Andy Reid wasn't one of the top five answers. <laughs> but not surprised. Past or present college football head coach, you said Nick Saban. That was the top answer. You get 100 points. Past or present NBA player, you said Jimmy Butler. Not on the top five not in our list. Not surprised either. Neither was Nick Castellanos <laughs> or Christian Yelich for past or present Tigers or Brewers. But still got 100 points in the first round because you <laughs> nailed the top answer in one of the surveys. The past or present threw me off because I was thinking past. Right. So I was like, oh, wait, he said present. It's a little bit of a mix yeah. between those two. I don't know why I said those names that I said. Well, hey, you still got 100 <laughs> points. You're still in the hunt. Time to get the third and final contestant going, Jake Durant, representing CBS Marquette. Jake, how you doing? Good to go? I mean, I'm, I'm good, man. We're going to see how this turns out. You I'm sound a little nervous. I've done this before, so we're going to see how it goes. you got nothing to worry about. You're a pro. Let's hope so. Five questions on the board. Top five answers to go with them. Here we go. 30 seconds here in segment number one. Name a past or present NFL head coach. Bill Belichick. Name a past or present college football head coach. Jim Harbaugh. Name a past or present NBA player. Steph Curry. Name a past or present Detroit Tiger. Justin Verlander. Name a past or present Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, Ryan Braun. All right, Jake. You hit on every one of the questions. All five of your answers were in our survey. For past or present NFL head coach, you said Bill Belichick. That was the third most popular answer. That's 60 points. Past or present college football head coach, Jim Harbaugh was number five, so you get 20 points there. You're up to 80. Past or present NBA player, Steph Curry was number three on the survey. He is good for 60 points, probably on the floor too, and you are up to 140 points. Past or present Detroit Tiger, you said Justin Verlander. He was number two on the survey list. Past or present Milwaukee Brewer, you said Ryan Braun. He was also number two on the list. So that's another 80 points. So a 300-point round and number one. I'll take, I'll take 300. You had nothing to worry about. See, you were nervous coming into this. A little bit. That wasn't as bad as I thought. All right, Ryan, 380 points after round one. Four questions in round number two. Good to go? Mm-hmm. All right, name a past or present Green Bay Packer. Uh, Brett Favre. 
Name a past or present Detroit Lion. Barry Sanders. Name a rival of the University of Michigan. Ohio State. Name a rival of Michigan State University. Michigan. Again, you hit on all four. Past or present Green Bay Packer, you said Brett Favre, 100 points. That was our top answer. Past or present Detroit Lion, maybe a little surprisingly, Barry Sanders was just fifth on the list, but he's still on there. You get 20 points. You're up to 120. Rival (laughs) of Michigan, you said Ohio State. Top answer, 100 points. And a rival of Michigan State, you said Michigan. Also the top answer, you got 100 points. So three of those four, you got the top answer. Four questions that round, 320. So round two looking pretty good. How is Barry Sanders fifth? Barry Sanders is fifth. (laughs) Here is who was ahead of them. Calvin Johnson was the top answer. Okay, I can understand. Matthew Stafford, Golden Tate. And then Dominican Sue. Oh, I bet they're all. Yeah. yeah. I guess everybody's going the current route. That's okay. Recency bias. Yeah, I gotcha. So 320 points in round two. Add to your 380 from round one, 700, entering the final five questions. Okay. Ready to go for round two, yes. Rachel? Let's do it. 100 points for you. This time, four questions, top five answers on the board for each. Name an active or retired, past or present, Green Bay Packer. Aaron Rodgers. A past or present Detroit Lion. Matthew Stafford. A rival of the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan State. A rival of Michigan State. (laughs) Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) You hit on all four. All four of your answers were in the survey. You said Aaron Rodgers for past or present Green Bay Packer, 80 points. Matthew Stafford was your answer for the Lions. Also the second most popular answer, 80 points there as well. You're up to 160 for this round. You said Michigan State as a rival for Michigan. That was also the second most popular answer, another 80 points. And Michigan State's rivalry said Michigan. That was the top answer. So you get 100 points, 340 points in the second round. All right, Jake, round two. This time there are four questions. Top five answers are on the board for each. 30 seconds on the clock. Let's get it going. Name a past or present Green Bay Packer. Brett Favre. Name a past or present Detroit Lion. Barry Sanders. Name a rival of the University of Michigan. Ohio State. Name a rival of Michigan State. Jake, you were nervous coming into this, and so far you're a nine for nine. You have you hit correctly on all nine of the answers. Past or present Green Bay Packer, you said Brett Favre. He was the most popular answer. That's 100 points. Barry Sanders was number five on the list for past or present Detroit Lion. That's good for 20. You got 120 for this round. A Michigan rival? Of course, Ohio State. That's 100 points. That's the top answer in the survey. You're up to 220. And then Michigan State, you said Michigan is their top rival. That's another 100 points. So you're up to 320 for this round. You did better this round with less questions. Up to 320, that gives you 620 for the game. Hey, I like my projections right now. It's looking, I'm feeling pretty good about it. All right, Ryan, you haven't missed on one yet. So far, all nine of your answers have been on the top five list. Mm-hmm. Here we go with round number three, five questions. You're at 700 points. Name a team that plays football in the Big 12. Oklahoma. Name a popular college football bowl game. Uh, Rose Bowl. Name a college football champion since the year 2000. 
Alabama. Name a past or present NHL player. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Name a famous mascot, pro college, all sports. <laughs> um, oh, boy. How about uh, Brutus Buckeye? Only one you missed <laughs> was the last one. <laughs> you made up for it, though, because you got several of the top answers in the survey and a lot of these questions. Team that plays football in the Big 12, Oklahoma was the top answer. That's 100 points. College football bowl game, this one wasn't close. Rose Bowl was far and away the top answer. You got that one as well. 200 points. College football champion since the year 2000, Alabama was the most popular answer. Another 100 points, so 300 in this round alone. Past or present NHL player, you said Sidney Crosby, second on the list. That's 80 points, so a 380-point round for you, which brings your total score up to 1,080. Good work. I, uh... I was stuck on the mascot ones because I was just like, well, what would be a popular mascot that people would know? <laughs> well, here's the list. Here's what they came up with. Number one answer on the list was Gritty. Oh, well, Gritty yeah, from Philadelphia. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Number two was the Notre Dame Leprechaun I was really happy with. Number three was the Philly Fanatic. They like those Philadelphia mascots. Mm-hmm. Number four was Mr. Met. And I love number five, the San Diego Chicken. That's a, that's a real throwback on yeah. that one. I was just thinking, well, maybe college would be resonant. But uh, the Leprechaun, I, I'm i a fan of the Leprechaun. Yep. But I, I, was, I didn't think everybody else was going to be a fan of the Leprechaun. Though, I bet so. the Leprechaun, I tell you that. Yeah. Isn't it a new guy every year? It is a new guy. They actually have three of them. They do different sports. Oh, okay. They have one assigned just for football. One's assigned just to basketball. Really good friend of mine's on the cheer team there. And I get to know what's going on inside the program. Okay. Which makes is me there, feel really good. Is he at the hockey games too or no? They have a different mascot for hockey. hockey. Okay. Now, hockey and football leprechauns aren't the same ones. Notre Dame probably hates me for letting people know this, but, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's like government secrets. Yeah, well, there you, you got your inside information right now. So I, I just, I always wondered about that. And the, is, is it always a senior that they pick? Always a senior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I met the leprechaun. Saw him shooting hoops in the Jack, the rec center they have over there. Nice guy. Good yeah. Guy. It was because um, I remember like for. Uh, West Virginia, the Mountaineer, they always mm-hmm. pick a student, and like the guy always who is the Mountaineer always like goes all out and makes this really long beard, and he like grows it out for like three years, mm-hmm. and then they had for the first time they had a girl be the Mountaineer, and like there was an uproar over it, but like she actually pulled off, you know, yeah. she pulled off the mascot and got a lot of spirit for it, so I didn't have a problem with it. It was just I think people are maybe used to the old Mountain Man kind mm-hmm. of thing, and. Uh, how many women do you know that can grow a lengthy <laughs> three-year beard? <laughs> Not going to go Not there. Not going to go there. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, actually, I thought it looked really cool. They were pretty progressive there. But uh, that was a fun game. All right. Thanks for being mm. here, man. Uh, if I don't see you again, I'm actually taking off for Iowa today. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for being on here. We'll talk at you next week. No problem. 440 points. As we enter round three, five questions again. The top five answers on the board. Here we go. Name a team that plays football in the Big 12. Baylor. Name a college football bowl game. Cotton Bowl. Name a college football champion since the year 2000. Alabama. Name a past or present NHL player. Uh, uh, Simone Gagne. (laughs) That's a good one. And name a famous mascot, pro or college, all sports. Gritty. There you go. I'll tell you this. You got 
two top answers in the survey. Big 12 football team, you said Baylor. That was fifth in the survey, so 20 points there. College football bowl game, you said Cotton was not one of the top five answers. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. The uh, survey (laughs) went Rose, Sugar, Peach, Orange, Liberty somehow got up there in the top five. Who made this up? Well, I surveyed a bunch of people. Okay. I surveyed a ton of people. Rigged. (laughs) Rigged. College football champion since the year 2000. Bama was the top answer, 100 points. Now you're up to 120 for this round. Past or present NHL player, I liked your answer, (laughs) but he wasn't on the list. And then famous mascot, Gritty, he was the top answer. So 100 points gets you to 220. All right, so your total score, 660. Not too bad, not too shabby of a day's work. (laughs) you have fun? Yeah, I am. It's a good way to send us over to Christmas break. As always, thanks again for being here. You're very welcome. Have a great Christmas. Yep, happy holidays. All right, Jake, you're in pretty good position. You have hit on every single question so far. Five more with a chance to win it. Segment number three, name a football team that plays in the Big 12 Conference. Texas. Name a college football bowl game. Rose Bowl. Name a college football champion since the year 2000. Uh, USC. Name a past or present NHL player. Alex Govechkin. Name a famous mascot, any sport, pro or college. Uh, uh, Sparty? Looking through your answers here in segment three, Big 12 football team. You said Texas. That was number two. That's good for 80 points. College football bowl game. You said Rose Bowl. That was the top answer. A 100-point question for you. So you're up to 180. College football national champion since the year 2000. USC is one of the more memorable ones, but they're not top five in the survey. Neither was Alex Ovechkin for past or present NHL player. And then I like Sparty. I like the guest for famous mascot, but he didn't make top five in our survey. So 180 points from this round. You add that to your 620, and that gives you a grand total of 800. I'll take 800. After all of that, we have a winner. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal with 1,080 points. You are the first ever Sports Pen Friendly Feud champion. Thank you to all three of our friends of the show for coming on and playing. Hope you guys had fun. Hope you had fun listening. Great way to send us into the holidays and close out this episode of the Sports Pen. A reminder, I will be heading back to Iowa today. I won't be back in the office again until Thursday the 27th. So no Sports Pen until Thursday. I'll be getting back to you at that time. Once again, if you missed our coaches show earlier, you can hear it again now. We're going to play that back for you as we do always at the 5 o'clock hour. Get the latest on area basketball teams as well as the Westwood Bowling Squad. You can hear all those interviews coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We'll play that back for you at the 5 o'clock hour. want to say this before we sign off and send you into the break, get you on with your Christmas celebrations, what have you. Hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. Spend some time with your loved ones. Hopefully this is your best Christmas yet. If you're listening to the show, I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you tuning in. You put up with me for about three months now. It's been great coming up here to the UP. I'm glad to be a part of your life and to be a part of your community. So thank you for tuning into the Sports Pen from the bottom of my heart. Merry Christmas. Have a great 
safe and happy holiday.